John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is the introduction to John's gospel, and I would invite you to turn there. We're going to be working through the prologue, the introduction to John's gospel over the next three weeks. You know, John begins a little bit differently than the other Gospels. We have Matthew and Luke, and we're fairly familiar with how they begin. They begin with the story of Jesus' birth and the events surrounding that. And then we have Mark, and we're going to be going through Mark in the new year. And Mark begins pretty much right on into the action. Here's the guy on the scene. His name is John the Baptist. He's preparing the way for the Lord. And then we have Jesus and his ministry, his public ministry, his calling his disciples to be fishers of men. Well, John is focused on that same person that Matthew and Luke and Mark are talking about, but he begins at a different starting point. He takes us back to the very beginning. The words in the beginning recall to mind the very first words of the Bible, bringing us back before time began, before the heavens and the earth existed. Genesis 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He did it by His word. He spoke. And things came to be. Not only does John take us back to the beginning of time, he really takes us back to the very core of who Christ is. Who is this Savior, this one that that John calls the Word? So John begins with the Word, and and he kind of tells us brick by brick, if you will, one piece at a time, who Christ is. Until even just in the first 18 verses of the Gospel of John, we have this full, this three-dimensional, complete picture of Christ that breaks down our, our dim view of God and perhaps who we think Christ is and confronts us with the God of grace and truth as we saw in our, our memory verse this morning. the creator of all, living with mankind. 
just amazing to, to see who Christ is, to be amazed that he is our maker. He is the one who gives life and who brings life, light into a dark world. It's in him that we have life and hope and meaning. This God, the Word, who is our creator. So over the next three weeks, we really have this opportunity, as we learn from John, to consider the Christ that we celebrate Christmas time. Who is he each week? We're going to ask that question and see what God has to say to us and unpack a little bit more of who he is. This week, as we ask who is Christ, we see that Christ is the eternal word. Our maker and life giver. With that, let's listen to what God's word has to say. I read the text for us, but let's listen again to John chapter 1. Verses 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. You know, I mentioned that uh, the setting here is in the beginning. It recalls to our mind the beginning of creation when God by his word brought everything into existence. And that brings us to the main character here. The word. We're told in the beginning was the Word. He was there. He already existed. Who is this Word? The term John uses here is uh, in the Greek, it's the word logos. That was a, a fairly significant word in the culture of that day. Its basic meaning is just a word or a message, um, sometimes referred to human, uh, our reason, our reasoning. But on a more fundamental level, the, the logos in that culture of the day was really believed to be that something behind everything they might have the philosophers might have used terms like um, 
the reason behind everything or the principle behind everything uh, that is visible. But, you know, they didn't really have explanation for this. The philosophers disagreed. The common man didn't understand or know, like, what is this logos? They understood there was something. Something behind all this that we see around us. But what is that something? Today, it's fairly common for people to believe in something out there, right? But, but it often doesn't go anywhere beyond that. Even if they give that something a name. John tells us who is the Logos. Who is the one that is behind all things. The reason for the existence of this world. It wasn't an impersonal force or principle that couldn't be understood or explained, but a real person. We're going to see that again and again come up until we come to verse 14 where the Word became flesh. But even in verse 2, we're told He was in the beginning. The Word was a real person. The eternal author of this world. A person. Who took on flesh. And was given a name as we'll see. Given the name of Jesus. Now John. He kind of saves that reveal for later. But what he tells us about the Word is, is not only is this eternal Word a, a person who cre created all things, who is the reason behind all things. He says that the, the Logos, the Word, was with God. He wants us to know that the Word was present with God. And so there is this distinctiveness between the Word and God. The word with implies even an element of, of being able to converse. As I, I'm with you, then I'm able to relate with and speak with you. And so we, we really see this element of the person of the word and God here. That's amazing to think about. But John goes even further. And he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And then he says, and the Word was God. And these four simple words, the Word was God. Tell us 
who is the Word. We've been told he, He's eternal. He was there at the beginning. He's with God. And now we're told that all that God is, the Word is. In other words, the Word is fully God. It's a statement of identity. If you were to ask the question, who is the Word, how should we answer it from the text of Scripture? The Word was and is God. That's a pretty simple statement to make. I mean, it's not like hard to like figure out the, the, the grammar here. It's a simple sentence. But these four words have really come under a great deal of attack from people who want to avoid what John is plainly telling us. And so you might hear different arguments from people of, well, it can't mean that because of this or that. I honestly don't want to spend a lot of time this morning talking about those things, but I do think it's important that we understand that this is the normal, ordinary way of reading this verse in Greek and in English. There's really not room for any other way of reading it. This is the way that you would say the word was God. Not a God or some other thing. If you have questions about that, you can definitely talk with me afterwards. But uh, this is what the scripture plainly tells us, that this one, this word behind everything that exists, was always with God and is God. Is fully God. And this isn't only the testimony of John. This is what Jesus himself claims to be. On a number of occasions, he claims to be the one true God. One example is John chapter 10, verse 30. When Jesus said to the people in public, he said, I and the Father are one. And the Jewish leaders picked up stones to kill him because they knew what he was claiming. They knew that he was claiming to be God, to be of the same, same essence, the same nature as God. This is Jesus' own testimony about who he is. So we need to take it seriously. If we want to believe in Jesus, if we want to believe in the word, to listen to what he himself says. I'm reminded of when Paul said that the, the message of Christianity, the message really of the cross, is foolishness to the world. 
But to those who believe, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. So we could sit around and make a great deal of arguments. But ultimately, it's this is the simple teaching of the Bible. This is where we stand. That the word is both with God and is God. Now, John repeats himself to make his point. He does this a lot. We read in verses three or two and three, he was in the beginning with God. This is another reminder that, that the word is distinct from God. We can see this in that Jesus prays to his father. He makes a distinction. There is the Father and there is the Son in John's gospel. And yet, he can say in John 10, verse 30, I and the Father are one. There is not two gods, but one God. And we see this in verse 3 where the word does what only God can do. All things were made through him. And John flips that around and he says, and without him was not anything made that was made. To make that point that the word is our maker. That the word is God. He is whom he says he is. It's not just John. Paul also says this. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 to 17, where he says, For by him, speaking of Christ, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. In time, for he was before time began, and in importance. For in him, all things hold together. You know, with this verse and with John chapter 1, verse 3, our teaching us is that Christ is actually the one who has authority over everything. Because everything exists by his command. Christ being creator means that when we look at everything around us, whether it's the snow on the ground, the sun in the heavens, or you and you and I, all things have their purpose in him. Everything exists as um, Paul in Colossians says, exists for him. And because he is our creator, John wants us to know that the word is the one and only giver of life and of light. In verse 
For we read, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. So the word is eternal. The word is with God, and the word is God. The word created everything. Now this verse teaches us that the word always had life. He needs nothing. He has life in himself. He alone is completely independent of this whole universe. And we all, everything that exists, is dependent on Him for life. Every breath that you and I breathe is a gift from God. And more than that, He is the one who gives human beings purpose and meaning and hope. Our purpose is to live for Him. To serve Him. To love Him. The one who gives us life. John is very careful to say, in him was life. He wants to teach us that life isn't found out out there somewhere. It's found in the person of the word. And we can speak in one sense of how God gives life to all. He gives us breath. He gives us a number of days to live and provides for us. We can speak of how all mankind have a sense of of light, a sense of a knowledge of what's true and what's good and, and ultimately a sense of a knowledge of who is God. We can see this in creation. But it is ultimately only those who receive the word that have the wonderful hope, the sure hope of eternal life with God. Next week, we're going to talk about the difference between those that reject the giver of light and those that receive him. It's those that receive the word, that believe he is who he says he is, that he's our maker, that you can't go anywhere else looking for life. You can't go anywhere else looking for truth or hope or a purpose. Those who believe this, who trust in the Word, that know Him, that know Him forever. And I say that this is a sure hope because verse 5, our last verse for this morning, tells us the light shines in the darkness. It came 
Christ came and he revealed light in all that he did, in all that he said. He revealed the Father to us. The light was there so that all might see. And the darkness, the darkness snuffed it out, right? It's gone forever. Come on, people, you know that that's not true. We think that sometimes, but the darkness, we're told, is not overcome it. The word there is, is to comprehend or to overcome. The darkness is not, not only does the darkness not understand who Jesus is, they don't understand the light. but the light's not been snuffed out. Jesus remains, and his people remain on this earth. Those who have received him as a witness of who he is. That is our calling in life. That is the purpose for which we live and move and have our being. That all might see the word as their maker and as the one who gives them life. The one who brings light and hope into this world. And we have the wonderful assurance that this is a victorious undertaking because the word, the light, has never been overcome. And so... I understand feeling hopeless and I understand looking for truth, trying to understand, uh, even as Christians, what does the Bible say? Who is Jesus? I want to know him more. I can understand looking for a meaningful life. I want to say this to us, to myself. Don't overlook Jesus. He's the eternal, unquenchable word, our maker. And lasting life, a life of hope, eternal life, is found in him alone. This is who Jesus is. As we meditate on these words and continue in our study in John, we really have the question before us, in light of who Christ is, the light that he is, how will we receive him? How will we think of him? How will we live for him in our lives today? Will we receive the word? Will we receive Christ for who he is? And I don't just mean a title that you say, oh, he's the word. Or a name, oh, it's Jesus. But really who he is. That he is our God. That he is our maker. That we truly recognize 
that we have absolutely no life of any lasting value, that we have absolutely no light or true knowledge of God and the truth and of goodness apart from Christ. He's the author of light, the giver of life. Let's consider Christ this Christmas. That's where the Gospels begin. That's what they're all about. Showing us who he is. If you want to know what's so wonderful about the birth of Jesus, that the word became flesh, dig deep into who Christ is. Know that he's our maker our life giver, our hope.